We're at the Texas High School Coaches Association Coaching School, and I'm able to sit down and talk some ball here with a 40 under 40 member, Kendrick Crumedy. And Kendrick, first of all, thanks for taking the time, and also congratulations on that great honor to, to be part of the 40 under 40. Thank you, thank you so much. I'm just glad to be here. Um, that 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 honor isn't mine. Some guys obviously saw something in me that, that I didn't see in myself and nominated me for it. And uh, I'm thankful for those people. I'm thankful for the mentors I've had in my life that believe I could do this. And all the people who've always pushed me, even when I didn't want to be pushed, have always pushed me to chase my dream and to inspire kids. And I'm thankful for that. And in chasing your dream, you have a, a unique opportunity. You've been an offensive coordinator here recently, but now you're stepping into the role of head coach and athletic director at your alma mater, Jasper High School. And you know, before we got going here, you explained to me how important that is to you. And you were part of a, a team that really did some special things when you played there. And now you're looking to bring that back to Jasper. Yes, sir. Well, I was part of a, a group that went 24 and 4 in two years, played in the state quarterfinals. I was first year as varsity player. Our second year, we played in the state semifinals, lost both of them to the eventual state champions. But um, Jasper's unique situation. We get a negative connotation a lot about being a racist area and a kind of backwoods area. I grew up on a road that Jamesburg Jr. was drug on. So as a seventh grader, I saw the blood streaks every day in the road and the highlighter circles and all that when they were doing investigations. When you think about Jasper, you don't think about a young African-American being the head coach and athletic director in a place like that because of all the negative connotation. But that place isn't like that. Um, our kids are often overlooked. And the one thing about a Jasper kid is they're going to work hard. We're, we were taught from day one that we're not going to have everything that other people are going to have, but that's okay. We're going to make the best out of every situation that we have and the things that we do. We're going to understand the value of saying no, sir, and yes, sir, and no, ma'am, and yes, ma'am. And, and looking apart and working hard and all those things that make great programs. I personally love our weight room. We don't have air conditioning in it. We got 18 lifting stations in it. If it's 97 degrees outside, it's gonna be 96 degrees in there. And we might not have the 2,500 square foot air conditioning with all the new gadgets, but our 45 pound bars weigh the same as everybody else's. And we got 45 pound bumpers and iron weights and we're gonna power clean, deadlift, squat, bench press, incline like everybody else we play. And we're gonna go outside and we're gonna run. And the one thing we're gonna be known for is, is being tough. Being a Jasper kid, you have to be. We have a unique set of circumstances low socioeconomic area, but uh, we don't make excuses. We're not going we're not gonna allow our kids to make excuses. As a kid growing up there, I wasn't allowed to make excuses. My coaches told me, look, we understand that it might not be perfect at home, but when you come here, all I want is all you got. Give me what you got, and we'll figure out the rest. If you're hungry, we're gonna feed you. If you need a ride home, we're gonna get you there. If you need some school shoes, we're gonna find a way to get them. That was instilled in me very, very, very young by my coaches. I was blessed to get hired by a guy named Kirk Martin, who was at, who's been at Syracuse. He's the head coach at Colleyville Heritage right now. He was at Mamble. He interviewed me on a Thursday and called me back on a Friday and told me to cancel all my interviews, that he loved me. He thought I could be special and he was gonna hire me. And I stayed with him for six years and uh, every year he promoted me. He told me he believed in the value of hard work and as long as I continue to work hard, he would find jobs for me. And every year I got some sort of promotion he made me the head track coach. Uh, we won two, two state championships in track while I was the head track coach there. 
my 4x1, 4x2, and 4x4, all three of them, we're on the top 25 ever fastest times recorded in the United States in all three relays. Had nine All-Americans in track. We all know what Mammal did in football. We were very, very, very good. Um, Kevin Hall took over after that. He's a Jasper guy, which I love. My uncle coached him in high school. He was from Jasper. He was our DC, and I stayed on with him, and he taught me so much about coaching coaches and holding people accountable and standing firm on what you believe in. So I've just been around a great group of men who were servant leaders, and you tie that in with the guys I had in high school that were my leaders and my inspiration. They're the reason I'm here, and God. I mean, whatever you, whatever your plans are, you tell God he's going to laugh because I never dreamed I would be the head coach at Jasper. I wanted, I was terrified of going home. It was one of those, every time the job almost came open, I ran for the hills. I was like, nope, I'm not going back. I've been spoiled in the suburbs. I mean, we have all these nice, fancy weight rooms and machines and all that. I'm not going back home. And it just felt right. God made me go home because he wanted me there. And uh, I'm excited to lead those kids. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. The, the perspective you're, you're bringing to this, you know, kids today, they certainly have the opportunity to see all the great things out there, the facilities, what everybody does. I mean, you know, you look at the college level now, amazing facilities, but you see that now at the high school level as well. And I think what you, you point out there is so important. It's probably the best part of, of our game. And just really, you know, it's not just our game, it's life that you, you have, every, you might not have that beautiful building around it, but you have everything you need in that 45 pound bar and the weights that you put on it and in your heart and your mind. And that's, that's what you're emphasizing with your guys. You've been there since March, right? How have you seen this kind of mentality growing the kids and ha- have them embrace that? It's been fun. So I got a story. So uh, probably two weeks ago, we're out running. We're doing some condition. We're running hundreds. I mean, it's hot. It's hot in East Texas. And that was the hottest day of the year that day. And we don't have, have a wet bulb there, so we get to go out on the turf. And we've lifted weights for an hour and 10 minutes. I mean, we've squat, bench press, uh, front squat, incline. Today was a push day. And we go out, we said, we're going to do some straight line conditioning stuff. We're going to run eight 100s today and see where your guts are at. And we lined up and ran four of them. And they almost they were passing out, laying on the track, throwing up. The good Lord blessed me with the gift of inspiration. I, I can get a kid crunked up. I can get them bouncing and and uh, I have a big mouth. I got that from my mom, and it, I, but it's my gift and my curse. It, sometimes it gets me in trouble, but I just believe that when you're willing to do the work, you have to stand firm on your convictions. Believe in who you are and don't cower down to nobody. Hey, if you're going to be better than me, line up and show me. I don't want to hear about it. I want you to show me. So if you're going to beat me, I'm going to make you beat me over and over and over. And I joke with the kids, that, hey, coach is old now, but if we put two treadmills beside each other, you set your pace, I set my old man pace. You're going to quit before I do because I'm a Jasper kid. I'm wired that way. I'm going to run you in the dirt. You're going to get tired and quit before me at your pace. I can't go at your pace, but at my pace, I'll go longer than you will. And we have to think like that. So I'm giving them this inspiration. I listen I listen to Inky Johnson every morning when I'm exercising and Eric Thomas, and I'm walking up and down the sideline, getting them off the turf. Hey, get up. Get up. We're not going to quit. And I say, hey, we've watched Carthage win eight of them. We've watched Western Stark. We've watched Salesman. We got to do the things that they do. We got to do the hard things better. Uh, I said, I got to go sit down with Scott Surratt, and he is phenomenal. And I know why they win, because his kids aren't afraid of work. 
we got to get to that status. The beautiful thing is that you're a Jasper kid. It's in you, whether you want it in you or not. Your mom was here. Your dad was here. It's deeply ingrained in your DNA. You just have to flip the switch. I'm talking to them. And one by one, they start picking each other up off the turf. And they're talking to each other and helping each other up. And they say, hey, we want to run our last four together. We don't want to run in groups. We want to run as a team. And it gave me chill bumps. And I started patting other coaches. I like, hey, fellas, we got something special. Because when they start holding each other accountable and they start picking each other up and not, they're not yelling at each other, they're encouraging each other. I said, we got something, fellas. We got something real special. Now, I, I can't promise you how many games you're going to win with it, but I know our kids are going to fight you. And when you're athletic, because we, we have a little size. We, we got some size on the O-line and we got some skilled kids that can run. Jasper kids have always been able to run. We've had former Olympians, NFL guys, and they're working. And they're working. So that day I'm watching them after they finish their eight 100s, they're exhausted. They go eat lunch and they come back and they, they play seven on seven on their own after they get their second win. And I'm just smiling. And the coaches, we're sitting around. It's like, we've never seen our kids do that. We've never seen them. And I'm, I'm a new school guy, so I'm not a big cusser. I'm not going to dog cuss kid. I just don't believe And if, if you do that, I get it, okay? That's how you coach. But that's not how I like to communicate. That's not how I'm going to choose to communicate. I'm an encourager, and I want to be an encourager and a motivator. Now, I'm going to hold you accountable. It's going to be hard and all that, but I'm going to encourage you, and I want to, I want to encourage you positively. And uh, I'm looking around, and that's how I'm coaching them, and they're loving it because nothing against the other guy, but he's the all-time winningest coach in Jasper football history. We're just different. He's an old, hard-nosed guy, and I'm a young bouncer. I like to wear J's on the sideline and, and look good and high-five and chest bump and – that's that's what makes me. That's the gifts God gave me. So I'm going to I'm going to use what He gave me. The kids are loving it because I'm patting them on the back. Hey, you know better. Come on, let's go to work. You, you're better than that. Let's go to work. And they're 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 lighting up because they they just haven't seen guys that want to love them first. And I understand firsthand. I'm a Jasper kid. Like at home, you get tough love. I mean, because your parents are working. They're probably working 10, 12 hours to keep the lights on or just to get you school shoes and things like that, you're having to go without. So it's not a whole bunch of love. There's not a lot of male figures in their lives that's going to wrap their arms around them and tell them, I love you. They're going to tell them to be tough. They're not going to say, hey, I love you. You're all right. And you can even see it when you tell a kid you love, they kind of look at you crazy sometimes, and then they start smiling. That's what I want, smile. We're going to have fun. We're going to work hard, but we're going to have fun. Our first purchase was two Bluetooth speakers. Because I walked in the weight room and I hated it. I said, hey, we got to get some music going in here. I said, hey, send me some songs. We're going to get them edited. I got a couple of DJ buddies. We're going to put together some playlists because I want y'all having fun. I want you smiling and high-fiving while you working because I want you to find pleasure in your work. Find pleasure in the work. There's going to be something. There's going to be reward for it. The grind doesn't give you nothing you haven't worked for. So find pleasure in this. And uh, So I'm excited. And I, I'm, I'm so excited. I, I was terrified about the job for years. I I was scared that, hey, maybe I'm not the guy, I'm not old enough, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm a hometown guy. But the good Lord put me there for a reason. And he put those men around me for a reason that, that are there. We have an amazing staff, a couple of guys I grew up watching player on the staff, a couple of guys on the staff coached against me when I was in high school. So we have a great mixture of guys who just love kids. And I think if you, if you love kids and you work hard and you do things right and you're disciplined, the wins will take care of themselves. Well, you mentioned the grind, and you've been able to work with these guys since March and, and start to instill all the great things you've, you've shared the stories about here. And soon, though, we hit 
camp. We hit the season, and there is that week one looming, right? And so now there's the sense of urgency, too, that you put behind this. So as you, as you look at it now, how does that affect the approach, and how do you keep these guys going through that time where it is going to get more difficult? Uh, there's going to be more demands placed on them, higher expectations now because we've, we've got that ball kicking off here in a few weeks. How are you handling that? And, and we got a target on our back, so I think it's going to work out because the kids came all summer and consistently. They want to play football. You know, Most kids want to play football. They don't want to do the work that leads up to football. So now we've seen them do the work. We think they're going to come. We're going to practice first thing in the morning, starting August 1. We were able to get ahead a of the curve because in Texas, the UIL gives you an hour of strength conditioning. So we were able to use our athletic period for offensive install, and they come out to school and lift weights. There is not a lot of entertainment for teenagers and, and young adults in Jasper, Texas. So they always want to be at the school. So we were able to take advantage of them wanting to be there. We're ranked in the top 25 in the state right now. And uh, I tell them every day, rankings don't mean anything anything at all. So I've been part of some great teams. I've been part of some upsets where we upset people that were ranked in, in this top of the state. I've been part of teams that we were upset when we were ranked top in the state. You got to be willing to do the work. They're fired up because we're running a new offense. So they're excited about it because we're doing something they haven't done and we're getting speed on the grass and throwing the football around. We bought them some new helmets and, and new cleats and new workout gear. So We've been giving them things they've been asking for as, as football players to encourage them. I mean, kids like shiny things. Mm -hmm. And if you give them shiny things, they'll keep coming. And you make it fun for them because football is hard. Yeah. And I love football because it's one of the last hard things in the United States of America you could do. I encourage every kid to play football because it's hard, simply because it's hard. It's hard to get up. We're going to start practice at 7 a.m. So we're on the field, horn blowing, clock starting at 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. So how much how much does it mean to you is what we're trying to find out. I think we're gonna be I think we're gonna be okay. I didn't do I didn't make any friends, I didn't do myself any favors. At my press conference when they announced me, I was part of some legendary team. So our coaches taught us you don't fear anything that bleeds. Anything. There's not a man on this earth that you should fear. When you step off the bus, you've put in the work, you're just as good as he is. And that's the mentality I was raised with, that's the mentality I have. So during my press conference, some of the Booster Club members were there at the board meeting. And uh, I was giving my spiel about how I'm happy to be home and I, and I love Jasper. My mom works there and my dad has a farm there. And one of the Booster Club's members said, hey, hey, talk about what y'all used to do. I was like, we played hard. He was like, no, I want to hear about West Orange Stark and Newton. How many times you lost to them? I said, I've never lost to a West Orange Stark or Newton team on a team I played on and we're not going to start today. And when I said it, I froze. I was like, oh, God, KBMT, the local news was there. They had mics in my face. And I was like, oh, God, why did I do that? I haven't even seen my kids yet, and I've already given them bulletin board material. I was like, I know. And it's plastered. You could type in Kendrick Cromedy on Google, and that pops up talking about those two teams. West Orange Stark won a state championship two years ago. Newton won it two years ago and played for it. They won it three years ago and played for it two years ago. Got a four-star running back back. West Orange Stark has a Texas commit back. And I was like, I've put my foot in my mouth, and I haven't even seen my team yet. But I found the beauty in it. I told our kids our first team meeting, guys, I'm sorry. Coach, what happened? Well, I put a target on our back, and I apologize for it. I got excited. I had some guys talking to me. 
and I spoke some things I shouldn't have spoke. Now we're still going to start. It's going to line up, and they're going to throw the house at us. And Newton's going to line They have our picture posted all over their locker room, I bet. I was like, are we going to embrace it or run for it, Mendo? What are we going to do? Because your coach put you in a battle. Are we going to embrace it or are we going to run from it? So I was terrible. I was like, oh, my first speech as a head coach, and I put my foot in my mouth. And that's going to happen a lot. But hopefully it encouraged the kids to let them know, hey, you're a Jasper kid. Line up and bring it. Yeah. Don't back down. Embrace it. Embrace the challenges. Embraces the ups, the downs, the peaks and the valleys, the good and the bad. Embrace it all because that's what's going to make us champions. That's going to make us better men. You mentioned your offense. You've had the, the, the chance to install it. And it's a new offense, as you've said. What was your approach to be able to teach this new offense? You know, you as a teacher spent a lot of time in the, in the classroom up to this point. Now you're the athletic director, but you have been a classroom teacher. You've been coaching and teaching out on the field. So what was your approach to be able to get these guys to learn what you need them to do? Relatability and ownership, just like when you're in a classroom. A kid will learn if you give them ownership of their learning. You give them the structure and let them learn it. Uh, you make it relatable to them. So some of our play calls are things that they like. They like Nikes and Adidas and polos. and So we tied that in into some of our play calling, some of our concepts. They like certain colleges, the Clemsons and the Texases and Oklahomas. So we tied that into our play calls. So when we started teaching concepts, we talk from the ground up formation-wise, why we line up that way, what do our tags mean. And we put as much on them as the quarterback can handle because you can't run the offense if your quarterback can't do it. So we sat down and talked, and as we're installing, he's giving me more and more, well, Coach, this is like this. Oh, it's like that. It's, and I, I try to use their old terminology and compare it. Well, this is like what y'all used to run, but with a twist to it. And, uh, of course, with him being a run-first guy in the past and uh, being a power spread with some slot T stuff in it, what they used to do, it's a little different because we're going to throw the ball a little bit more as much as he can handle it. He throws it well. He's a returning senior. I think he can, he has a chance to be the district MVP. He's an absolute warrior. He's one of the toughest kids I ever met. He could spin it a little bit. He has some fundamental flaws, but he wants to learn. And we made it as relatable to him as possible, and then we gave him ownership of it. So now once we lined up and teach it to you, now you call it. When we had our league 7-on-7, seven seven, he had to call the offense. We sat in the press box when we hosted it, and he had to call the offense. And then – he had to tell me after each game why he called it. So why why are you calling this in this situation? Why are you doing that? So we've just tried to make it as as simple and relatable, and we add wrinkles daily to it. Yeah, I, I like that approach. I think when your guys really understand how to call it, it teaches you as a coach. What are they comfortable with? And if he's focused on a certain set of things, you know, where where do I need him to get to that he's more comfortable calling that? And it, it reminds me of a. An episode we did with uh, Ohio State champion Tom Lombardo where he would have periods in his practice, you know, throughout the season where he just turned it over to those quarterbacks. And he'd take notes like this is what they called. It helped him understand both of those things, like I said, where he's at right now, what he's most comfortable with, which certainly you as a, a play caller, you're going to pay attention to that, but also paying attention to, hey, I, I probably need to get him more confidence in these things. Yes, because, I mean, if a kid doesn't understand, it doesn't matter what I could drop on the board is what your kids can execute. And a lot of guys, you're getting a, a pen battle on a whiteboard. Well, I can stop it. I can run it. What, what can your kids do? I don't care what you know. What do they know? I don't, I'm not terrified by meeting a guru anywhere that knows a thousand coverages and a thousand blitzes. Can you communicate that to your kids and can they execute this what I care about? Yeah. 
And, well, coach, I don't like how he throws the comeback. What? We're not going to throw the comeback. If he can't do it, I'm not going to ask him to do it. But, coach, he can't run power read. Great. We won't run power read with that guy. We'll figure out what he's very, very good at, and we'll draw. We'll build our offense around that and all of our wrinkles around it. In looking at that and, and that approach to it, right, you're coming in. You know some things about these guys. You've watched the film. You, you mentioned you studied their playbook before, from before, so you knew what they were familiar with. In your process of sitting down with your coaching staff and, and probably with the kids, how did you come to the point where, okay, this is what we're installing here on day one. We feel this is what, what is going to fit best. What's your process for evaluating that and really bringing it to something that this is what my guys can be good at? I looked at personnel first, and I knew our quarterback could run the football, and I knew he could throw it well enough because I watched him on film. I knew with a little coaching, he could throw it well enough to be successful. So uh, we sat down and we talked about our personnel. We don't have a true downhill bell cow. The one thing Jasper, Texas is never going to run out of is running backs, and we this is the first time in history that we don't have one. We have two really good kids, but we don't have a – 5'11", 215-pound kid that it's like they're walking around Jasper forever. We don't have those guys in the building right now. We have a small back, and we have a bigger back that's probably 200 pounds, and then we have a kid that plays corner It was all district as a sophomore who was about 170 pounds rocked up that he's our most dynamic athlete, so we're going to be running back by committee. So when we sat down, the first thing I said, hey, I'm an inside zone guy. I want to run inside zone. I believe you can run inside zone and don't have to block a soul. You tell your lineman to step right and climb, and if they get whooped, you let your athlete be an athlete. I realized then, well, I really ain't got an athlete. I got downhill guys or scat guys, so we're gonna have to be more scat. We're gonna have to be more gap scheme, and it paired up beautifully because they were a slot team and ran slot team. They ran scat and power and buck. I said perfect. I run a little buck. We're running out thirty personnel, but. We can run out 20 personnel. Then look, say, we got a tight end, 6'5", 240, that can catch. Okay, we'll be an 11 personnel team. Ideally, I like to be 20 personnel. We don't have two backs. In order to be a 20 personnel team, you got to have three backs because you got to have a guy to rotate. We don't have them. So we're going to be an 11 personnel team because what we do have are two tight end bodies, and we have five or six wide receiver type bodies. We're going to be, and our quarterback is just as good a runner as a running back. We're going to be an 11 personnel team based on what we have. And uh, we're going to be a gap scheme team. Everyone wants to play us in the eye front. That's great. We just turn out on people, covering up, and let the quarterback get in the pill center just run the ball downhill. He's smart enough to RPO it. He has a quick trigger. We'll make people really play man coverage, and we'll take our shots. Now, our, our completion percentage might not be high because we're going to throw some low percentage throws, but if you're going to play press man on us, we're going to make you play press man and hope we get a pass interference every now and then. Or, or we beat you because it's hard to line up against a kid that's a 4 5 40, and we got two of them. And they say, hey, I'm going to go press man on y'all night. Great. We're going to catch and throw because in Tony Franklin quick game system, you ain't got to drop back 75 yards. You catch, set your feet, and get the ball out. Throw the fade ball and let your guy go be a guy. And good things happen. But, Coach, you only completed three of them. Yeah, for three touchdowns. So if we three or ten for three touchdowns, I'll take that. That's 21 points. I'll take that. Just evaluating the personnel, I came to the coach. Okay, look, we'll be able to throw the quick game. We got a couple of kids. We could throw the screen out there too, the hitch out there too, or a key screen, and they can go 60. They can get up and run. So after meeting with the coaches, they like, we could do it. And they and our coaching staff was excited because uh, we have a couple of young guys on the staff that actually played in the system in college. They hadn't coached in it because they had only coached in the slot T system, but they want to. 
And I think that means a lot when you got the want to. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in this profession, we get caught up on the knowledge and not the want to. Yeah. I'd rather have a lot of guys that want to than a whole bunch of guys that are knowledgeable. That's what I look for when I hire people. Do you have the want to to be great? Or are you, are you encouraged? Or are you intrinsically motivated? And we have those guys and they love coaching. We gave up 12 points a game on defense last year. And, those, and we played Carthage, who Scarrat has more state titles than he has playoff losses in his career. He is the godfather of Texas high school football. He is the guy we all strive to be like. We played them. And before I took the job, he told me, you got dudes. He said, you're going to have dudes. And he's like, if you can get them in line, you'll be really good. He's like, I ain't got to play you. I wouldn't see you to the state championship. I said, well, we know you're going to be there. I don't know if I'm going to be there, but we know you'll be there. We played West Orange Stark last year, which was a really good team. And played a couple other teams like uh, Waco Connolly. They were very athletic. So I'm watching the fam, I'm looking around. I was like, we held guys to 12 points a game, and we returned everybody. We returned eight guys on defense. And one of those guys is a power five guy. And we're going to add some wrinkles and cover him up and let him go get the football. We're going to let him run to the ball. We're going to play some guys both ways because it's 4A Division two. It's East Texas small school ball. You put your 11, best 11 on the field. There are going to be times our quarterback lines up at free safety. He's the best cover guy on the team. He's the smartest guy on the team. He's going to line up at free safety and pass in situations and go, go catch interceptions. It's just, well, you worried about him getting hurt? He can roll over out of bed and get hurt. Mm -hmm. He could. We're not going to play terrified. We're going to put him out there. A third down situation, we know you're throwing the ball. We're going to go get you, and we're going to put him on your best guy, and I hope your best guy is better not. So you mentioned the Tony Franklin system. You Tony Franklin I'm guy. a Tony Franklin guy. How long uh, you been doing it? Uh, since I got – that's the offense I learned when I got to man. But Kirk Martin was a Tony Franklin guy. I go to Tony Franklin conventions. I think he is a mastermind. He made it simple. He, he showed us that you don't have to be the most athletic to win games. The year when he was at La Tech, uh, that's my favorite game I've ever watched. He was at La Tech. He's playing against AM. He calls four verticals 45 times a night and lets his quarterback tag. And I'm listening to him speak at his convention. And Tony's talking about, hey, we make this game harder than it has to be. He said, teach your quarterback where to throw the ball and let him figure it out. He said, I call four verticals at least 40 times. And I, that was the night they went in the overtime. La Tech went in the overtime against Ant. Shouldn't even been in the game and almost beat him. Scored 40 something points. And he's throwing four verticals and letting the quarterback tag stop or tag bender, or tag come back out there, and he's just whipping it. I'm like, okay. I think the way his system, the Tony Franklin system, simplifies the game, teaches concepts and not a route tree. So a kid doesn't have to know the route tree from outside in. He just has to know the concept. He knows where everyone's fit. It gives you a creative way to create space. And what I love even more about him is being a member of his system, you could pick up the phone and call Tony, yeah. and he'll answer it. Yeah. Or you could text him, and he'll answer, he'll reply. We're playing Crosby one year, probably my second year having full play call duty, and they're they're in Dave Aranda's tight front, and I they're killing me. I have no clue on how we're going to block inside zone against it, or how we're going to do some things against it because they're giving us those four eyes and no shade, and they're taking away B gaps and they're just stunting them, and they got more in there than we can block. So I text Franklin, hey, how do you attack this? He's like, send me a picture. And I send him a picture. He's like, oh great, do this. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And he sends me an email with like eight bullet points. Hey, Kendrick, this, 
this is how I would attack it. It's like run game wise. Hey, teach your splits, teach your alignment here. Boom, boom, boom. He said, hey, run outside, run the stretch. He said, run the GT, but pull this guy, pull the center to create angles. And I'm like, thank you. He said, get 20 personnel. It's going to cost this guy to walk down. And we ended up scoring 40-something points on him. And he was exactly right. We ran outside zone probably 20 times that night. We got an offset pistol and ran it weak. He said, by getting an offset pistol, put your offset to the weak to the boundary. He's like, they're going to shift their front to the field. They're going to have to match speed with speed to the field. And we, we had 600 yards of offense that night. Yeah. So that's what I love about being a Franklin guy. He'll pick up the phone. So, Coach, I don't know everything about offense. And I'll never, ever, I'm not a dummy by any means. I understand football, but I understand what my strengths are. Yeah. I'm an inspirer. I'm a motivator. I'm a role model. I'm a guy kids can look at and be inspired by. And that's, that's my gift. I mean, the good Lord blessed me with that. And I try to I try to elevate it every time I get an opportunity. There are some guys that are schematics guys. They're not relationship guys. I'm a relationship guy. Some guys aren't. They're just schematics. They're great box. Put them in a press box and let them figure it out. Let them tell you what to call down because they see the game in different views. I'm the guy that wants to run up and down the sideline and high five and love on kids and, and call touchdown. As Kurt Martin said, call touchdown plays. I'm, in, I'm excited. So that that's who I am. And, it's good to have people you can lean on and help because there's going to be somebody out there smarter than you. And if you haven't met them yet, you just haven't lived long. <laughs> there's going to be a guy that has an answer to everything you call, and you're going to scratch your head and say, that was some awful play calling for ad. And it sends you back to a drawing board and it makes you want to learn more. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think Tony does such a, a great job of teaching and had the opportunity. He's been on the podcast several times and brought me out to OC Magic if you remember the year he did that which was an incredible experience but you know what I've what I saw in Tony I think that I really liked is he does have a system but within that system there is flexibility and you know I could think I, I want to say and I talked about it I believe on the podcast but I think it was when it, he was at Middle Tennessee and I, I remember you know this is this air raid guy uh, you know, air raid based guy, and you know, he's taken it and evolved it in his way. Uh, and, you know, this heavy personnel set with extra linemen on the field because it's what he had. And it's what you talked about here, too. You love inside zone, but you know that's not this team this year. And so you're able to adjust it. And even with it, I think there are those coaches who go and learn a system and they're purists at it and they install it to a T exactly how it's been done. But I think you get to a point in your career where you, you're able to, all right, I know this now. I'm able to evolve this around my guys. I'm able to evolve this around the knowledge of my coaches. And to me, that's what being an offensive coordinator and bringing things together, right? It's not about being the guru. It's about, you know, i got to bring this playbook, these coaches, these players together so that it works. And I think that's what I've been able to see, too, in, in Tony and it's just coming through in your language as well. Yes, sir. So, Mamble, when I was at Mamble, Mamble was known for being a 10-personnel spread team. We were going to spread you out. And like I said, I was the head track coach. So, we could we, we could run. Like We ran one year in 2017. Our high school 4x1 would have qualified for NCAA Nationals. We ran 40 flat. The team that beat us that year broke the national record. That was our only loss. You had to break the national record to beat us. So, we could run. When you have Reggie Hemphill on the edge, and De'Eric King at quarterback who runs scratch leg on a 40-point, and Devon Penniman who runs anchor on it, and Deontay Anderson who runs third leg. You got four Division One athletes that – I mean, Reggie Hemphill was returning kickoffs, punts for touchdowns at Texas as a freshman. 
and Devon Penniman was playing as a freshman. And Deontay Anderson is running guys down. And we all know what De'Ari King did, running away from people. When you have those guys, you want to spread them out and give them the ball as fast as possible. Well, with the opening of new schools, we didn't have all those type of guys. So we kind of had to evolve with the, with the changes. So by 2018-19, we had backs. And so we had to get backs on the field. We didn't have guys that could stretch the field like that. But we had some backs that can go to work. So we started dealing with, we had Donovan Eaglin that went to Michigan State. and So we started putting the extra offensive lineman on the field with, and an H back. And we ran GH into the boundary. And we were running double lead and things like that. We gave you the, the, the look of 21 personnel. But when you think about Manville, you were thinking about 10 personnel. Hey, they're going to spread you out. Then that following year, we had DeMonte Seymour and Jordan Vaughn and Ty Harris and LaMarcus Owens. So we might put all four of them out wide and go empty and flip it out there to one on the edge. They was just running backs. But we were really in 30 personnel running power and buck. And you would think we were an old school slot T team, but that's what we were built to do. We were very big up front. We weren't very athletic, but we could gap scheme people to death. So we did that and got our dudes the ball because just like Tony says, in my mind, creating space is throwing it out there where nobody is at. And creating space is also blocking five people and giving the ball to your best guy. And that's creating space too, because now he's one-on-one. I've created space, can you make your best guy miss? I'll take my best guy against your best guy, let's go to work. We, we evolved to that a little more. We didn't throw the ball as much, simply because we didn't have the guys who could take the top off. We weren't, but we had guys that could run the ball. So I think more so than your scheme is being able to evolve what you do to fit your personnel. If you got a tight end, tight body, great. Put him on the field and create an extra gap for people to defend. And now you still get them three to four verticals and throwing the ball vertically and all that stuff. Now defense coordinator can't just go in and say, hey, they're going to be in 10 personnel and want to sling it. No, you've created an extra gap now. Now you have to defend the extra gap because you got a tight end. And now when you put them into the boundary, you got some – it gets real interesting because yeah. <laughs> if you, everyone wants to play that three high safety look and roll guys, and bump, okay, great. Put three high safeties where one of them's your speed guy, though. Your nickel has to always go to speed. So now you're going to put your speed to the field because I got speed to the field. What are you going to do with that boundary safety? Are you going to leave them high and let us bleed you to death because we got you outnumbered in the box? Or are you going to sink them down there and play man on the edge with a guy that can run? Or are you going to bump the nickel back into the box and leave number two uncovered to the field and move your safety out there? Or are you just going to say, my guy's better than yours? I'm going to go man free. I'm going to put seven in the box. And we're going to lock up. And we're going to go pure man. It's up to you. So it makes them think a little bit. And if you're an eye front guy, now are you going to balance up? Because you're an eye front guy. Are you going to leave that, that nine, take, that nine that eight technique old school guy, say, out there in the field? Or are you going to walk him down on a tight end? Now you're walking a guy that really don't want to be in the box down to have to be your, your, your flat and force guy. Now you're walking him down. You put a bigger body, just turn out on him. I don't ask you to match. Just turn out on him because your kid is going to be smaller than ours. So it, it makes you do some things if you're personnel. And when you watch those guys playing in December, that's what they're doing. Yeah. And I mean, you can watch Gary Joseph. He's always going to have a tight end on the field, always, because he makes you – he keeps you honest no matter what you're doing. So Coach Rat, very rarely you're not going to see him with a tight end on the field, but they, per, they have the personnel to do those things, and they make sure they always have a kid. Uh, and you're not going to always have a 6'4", 240-pound guy that can run. But if you got a 6'1 kid that's 210, that's a little field school and they can catch a little bit, at least you've created the matchup you want on the field. You can create the coverage you want. 
by alignment because once again we only get to spend eight hours a day with them yeah. there is only so many adjustments you're gonna make and your goal as an OC is to get you to stay in base so if I can make you go to your base coverage or your base look by formation you or motioning a guy that's the goal fitting what we have to make you stay in one place and when you get to moving and bringing them that's what make our life horrible what makes our life great is okay you're gonna line up like that great okay let me see if my guy's tougher than yours I love it I love it great stuff well already in your first months you've done some great things to get your kids to buy in and uh, looking at how you're gonna fit them into this offense and uh, a lot of great things you've mentioned on this podcast but you know, if I said, Coach, what's the one thing you do as a coach on or off the field that gives your guys the winning edge? What's that one thing? We're about the kid first, the athlete second. They're going to know we love them, and we love on them, and we speak positivity over their life. We, we speak being a God-fearing man over their life. We speak being respectable and hardworking over their life. And they, they're going to hear those things are more important to me than sports. Sports are going to end, and my life is going to end one day. And when my maker calls me home, when I get to those pearly gates, he's not going to say, Kendrick, how many games you won? He's going to say, hey, what did you do with my innocent children to change your life? What did you do to bring those people to my kingdom? What did you do with the gifts that I gave you, that I entrusted you with, and those kids that I entrusted you with? What did you do to change your life? So I want to make sure that I always put that first. I mean, football is going to come. Great. I take – it means something to me. Every Monday, we take the first 10 minutes of the athletic period and we do character development. The Coach Mackey speaks. We watch his videos and we talk about it. And it's important to me because that's going to be something that sticks with you forever. And older – I wouldn't do that. I'm not wasting my athletic time. No, it's important to me, though, because that's what's important to God, making better men. I want to be better husbands and better fathers and better role models. Look how many games you win. Yeah. That, that's going to come. If you're a great husband and you're a great father and you're a great man and you value hard work and respect, you're going to win games. I mean, the good Lord is going to bless you when you take care of others. The more you take care of someone else's life, the more he's going to take care of yours. So all that's going to go away and wash. You take care of his innocent children, and that's what we preach to our kids. They're, they're going to be loved. If nothing else, we can go 0-10. They're going to hear I love you every day. They're not going to hear they're stupid. They're not going to hear they're dumb. They're not going to hear them. They're going to hear that they can take over the world. And when we, if we lose games, it's not going to be because we weren't good enough. It's going to be because we didn't execute. It's going to be something that we can correct. And I mean, it's not going to be because they're dumb. Right. Are you too stupid to learn offense? No, we're not going to do that. We're, we're not. And that was something I told my coaches, hey, we're not going to be negative. These are Jasper. These are my kids. I'm a Jasper kid. I, I, I get sensitive when I talk about them. Sometimes I get chill bumps and tear up because I was one of them. And my coaches didn't do it to me, so we're not going to do that. That's going to be the quickest way to get you removed. We're going to love these jokers, we're, and we're going to love the hell out of them. And they're going to know we love them because I, I guess it feels different because I'm one of them. When I look at them, I see myself out there because I was a kid they could have threw away. I was a kid who's one of my friends' mom wouldn't let play with because she said he would never be nothing but thug. He would never be nothing. His family don't have nothing. He's poor. He's beneath us. You can't play with him. And the kid told me that. And I, to this day, I remember she was a teacher in our district and she wouldn't let her kid play with me because I was beneath them. So I was one of those kids and I hold on to it because I'm here now because what happened in Jasper, because those coaches said, hey, come here. Coach Willoughby, my, my seventh grade year, I was a knucklehead, I loved to fight. I was fighting in his wife's class and he came and pulled me off a kid and he's like, what are you doing? You're better than this. He's like, you got so much potential, so much you could change the world 
but you don't want to listen. You're so stubborn. You're so hard-headed. You always want to fight, and you're fighting the wrong thing. And he made me write a five-page paper. All five days, I was suspended in AEC. And I'll never forget it. When I interviewed for the job, I talked about him. I'll never forget it. Seventh grade, he changed my life. I never got in trouble again. In seventh grade, right before Thanksgiving break, he changed my life. He saved my life. And so because of the coaches that were there, I get to sit in this seat. And I want the kids to understand, hey, doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter if you had a, a heater working or if you had to use the oven for your heat or if you had to eat hot dogs and spaghetti every night. Or, it don't matter. If you're willing to do the work, you can go do whatever you want to do. You can go accomplish whatever you want to accomplish. Hard work is undefeated. It never loses, ever. That's something that can go with you forever. Well, it's, it's a great message, Coach, and you know, you're, you're being a great example for your program. I know there are some coaches and, and listeners going to want to know how to connect with you and watch what you do. So what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, Coach underscore Crumity. My email address is Kendrick.Crumity at JasperISD.net. Well, Coach, I'm excited to see what you're, you guys are going to do, not just this year, but as you continue on in, in leading Jasper. So best of luck to you and your team, and thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Coaches, be sure to check the show notes. I think there's a lot of related content here. I'll put in links to some of Tony Franklin's episodes that we've done, as well as an episode that I think think is very closely related to this with uh, a clinic segment from Coach Luke Fickle of Cincinnati called Clifton Style. Follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.